Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Genesis chapter number 50 and uh, verse number 15 we're going to start at today. Genesis chapter number 50 and verse number 15. The Bible says this, And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requit us of all the evil which we did unto him. And and they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I want to preach on the subject this morning. Don't get bitter, get better. Don't get bitter, get better. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so thankful for your precious word this morning. God, we thank you for the singing that we've heard and just singing praises to your name. God, we're thankful that you are faithful and sovereign over us. And God, that, Lord, you're just a caring father. We're thankful for that. Lord God, we're thankful for sending your son, your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for our sin. God, we're thankful that through Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. God, I pray that as we dig into your word this morning, that you would speak to us, Lord, this matter of bitterness and forgiveness, God, is something that we all deal with. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts today. God, help us to have the heart that Joseph had when it came to forgiving those who had wronged him. God, help us today that when we leave, that we, we don't get bitter toward those who have hurt us, but Lord, that we would get better. That God, we would allow you to work in our hearts and forgive those. God, would you be with this message today? I need you. I, I, Father, I pray that you would speak through me this morning, and we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's, have you ever heard the saying, don't get mad, just get even, right? Don't get mad, just get even. That's, that's the world's philosophy of how to handle someone who has wronged you. But God's, uh, his, in contrast to the world's way, God commands a much different approach when we are wronged. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness of God in your life? The Bible says that we are to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. And, and it's, it's easy to quote that verse in Ephesians, and, and it is truth because God's Word is truth, amen? 
But understand, it is very hard sometimes to apply that to our lives. The matter of forgiveness in our life, it's, it's hard to apply that. Why? Because when we are hurt badly, we don't feel like forgiving that person. I mean, even if they repent, even if they say that they're sorry for what they've done, uh, we, we want them to suffer a little bit. Listen, we, we don't really want to forgive them. We, we want them to know what it feels like. We want them to pay. And, and there's some even here today that might be struggling with the matter of bitterness and forgiveness here today. Maybe it's someone with, some, with, with each other here in, in, within the church. Maybe it's with someone in the family. Maybe it's a spouse this morning. I don't know what the case may be, but, but we struggle with this thing of bitterness. This thing of forgiveness. And let me say this, if we are bitter and we are unforgiving and we're living in that, then we are in direct disobedience to God's two great commandments. To love God and to love others. To love God and to love others. You see, Joseph here, this story that we're talking about, this passage, this individual had to avoid bitterness in his life. He had to learn how to forgive. He had been repeatedly hurt, hadn't he? We know the story of Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brothers. He's, he's ultimately sold into slavery. And, and as he, he, he becomes a slave in Potiphar's house, he had to continue to live a life of, of learning how to not to get bitter and, and a life of forgiveness as, as we see that he's in Potiphar's house and he's lied about as uh, uh, they lie, Potiphar's wife lies about his attempted uh, rape and, 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 and he's thrown into prison and we find that he helps this man in prison and, and as this man gets out of prison, he, he tells Joseph, hey, I'm going to share this with, 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 um, with Pharaoh and we're going to clear your name and he forgets about Joseph and, and through all of this, Joseph never grows bitter toward God. This repeated hurt in his life he never grows bitter toward the individuals who had hurt him. We find that we come in this last part of chapter number 50 and, 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 and Joseph's father, Jacob, had died. He's passed away and, and Joseph's brothers begin to worry. Oh no, dad's gone now. He's going he's gonna to just lash out on us now. I mean, he's going to let us have it. He is going to make us pay for what we did now that dad's gone. And so what they do is they say, hey, we're going to send a message to Joseph and we're going to write in this message that dad wants you to forgive us, right? We, dad wants you to, to, to forget about all that, that we did to you and to forgive us of, of what we've done. And, and so they send this letter. And, and as they come to Joseph, Joseph begins to weep. He says, fear not. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I've already forgiven you. I've already taken care of this in my heart. And, and we find a man who responds the correct way to those who had hurt him. Joseph did not become bitter in his life. No, he got better, didn't he? Through the help of God. He was able to be helped in that situation in his life. And I want to be an encouragement to us today that we can learn how to forgive others who have wronged us. We can have a heart of forgiveness, even those who are the closest to us. Those are the ones that are the hardest to forgive a lot of times, right? Those who are the closest to us. 
But we find here Joseph's brothers who were close. His family had done all of this to him. And we find a man who forgives him. So how do we forgive people? How do we live? How do we learn to live a life of forgiveness? How do we not become bitter in our life, but become better? Number one, and I only have two points this morning. Number one, take our proper place before God. We must take our proper place before God. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says this, and Joseph said unto them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? When Joseph's brothers come to him and they approach him, his response was immediately to weep. It shows his tenderness. It shows his heart of love toward his family, to those who, who had hurt him. And then he reassures them of his forgiveness. And he says, he asked them the question, am I in the place of God? Don't worry about it. Am I in the place of God? And, and let me just say this, Joseph's question is a good one for all of us to ask ourselves. When we've been hurt by someone and, and, we've, and we're tempted to, to seek vengeance and we're, we're tempted to go against someone who has wronged us, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I in the place of God? And I think the answer to that question today is no, right? We're not. We're not in the place of God. Joseph was, was powerful in the world's eyes. He was second in command of all of Egypt. He could have taken vengeance. He could have made them pay. But he says, hey, I am not in the place of God. No matter how much power he had, no matter how high up in ranks he was, he knew that he could never be as great as God. He knew that he could never take the place of God when it came to justice. How do we do this? How do we take our proper place before God, it involves three things. Number one, allow God to be the judge of all. That's hard, isn't it? Amen? Are you with me? We're quiet this morning. I know it's a tough subject. Listen, allow God to be the judge of all. Joseph could have very easily judged them at this point. They are at his feet. They are bowed before him, and they're saying, please have mercy on us. Joseph could have very easily said, hey, I don't want to see your face again. And everything that I gave you when the famine came, I want you to repay it back. He could have very easily done that. He could have very easily lashed out his vengeance upon them. He had that authority. But the Bible says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. He is the only righteous judge. Listen, he is the one who knows the thoughts and the intentions of every person's heart. And we need to trust him to deal rightly with each person that has wronged us. You see, most of us want God's justice. When we're, when we're hurt by family, uh, we want God's justice upon them. When we're hurt by our spouse, we want God's justice upon them. But we want God's mercy upon us. But the Bible says that, hey, hey the Bible says to love our neighbor as our selves. Amen? To love those around us as ourselves. God is saying, hey, listen, we should desire for God's mercy for the offender. Just as we want it for ourselves. And I'm convinced here this morning that one of the reasons that Joseph forgave his brothers is that he always remembered that he had no claim against God. 
No matter how severe the treatment that he received, he allowed God to be the judge of his brothers. He allowed God to be the judge of those who hurt him. And he allowed God to be the judge of himself. And let me say this, church. If we're going to truly forgive someone, we must take our proper place before God and understand and allow him to be the judge of all. Once we forgive someone, we have to give it to God. He is the righteous judge. Listen, we, our part is the forgiveness and then we hand it over to God. And we trust that God is going to deal with that individual as he sees fit. Amen? Take our proper place before God. Number two, we, we are to humble ourselves under God's sovereignty. Take A part of taking your proper place before God is to humble ourselves under God's sovereignty. Look at verse number 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Do you think that when Joseph was in the pit and when Joseph was sold into slavery and when Joseph was thrown into prison, do you think he was thinking in that moment, oh, this is all for good? I don't think so. No, he was hurt by these people. But he comes to a point in, the, where, in his life in the end of his life where he realizes, hey, you meant what you did to me for evil, but God meant it unto good. And he had to humble himself under God's sovereignty. And the Bible declares that God is sovereign. He is a sovereign God who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Do you believe that? He worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And Joseph saw this clearly. Clearly, he says to his brothers, listen, you meant it unto evil unto me. You meant it for evil unto me, but God meant it unto good. What was he doing? He's basically quoting the, the New Testament scripture of Romans 8.28. Right? For all things work together for good. To them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That's what he's basically quoting. And he has this wonderful perspective that he has to have when people wrong him. See, the Bible doesn't hide this sort of thing. John the Baptist, the man that was most highly praised by Jesus Christ, was beheaded by a drunken king. The apostle James was murdered as a young man. Many of God's choicest servants were persecuted. They were even murdered. But none of that ever threatened God's plan. Amen? None of that ever threatened God's plan. And you may not like it this morning, and I may not like it this morning, but we have to submit to his plan for our lives when someone wrongs us. To forgive the person as God commands us, we must submit to God's mighty hand in every situation. Listen, I don't know what it is. I don't know how you've been wronged this morning. And it might look today that that there's no, there is no good in it for there is there is no good in it. How can this be a part of God's plan? Understand that whatever you're going through today, maybe God has you going through that so you can help someone else who goes through it. God has a plan. Even in the midst of your hurt, even in the midst of when you are wronged by some certain individual, but we must take our proper place 
before God if we're going to forgive. If we're not going to grow bitter. Number three, we also need to believe that God is good in all his ways. Amen? He says, God meant it unto good. God meant it unto good. How many of you have ever heard the story of Elizabeth Elliot? Elizabeth Elliot. She's a, a missionary wife and well, became a, a missionary. Her husband went to, I believe it was the Aka Indians. And, and as their, their hus, his, her husband and another man went to these, this tribe and they get off the plane and they were brutally murdered by this tribe. Elizabeth Elliot, the wife of this, this individual who was, who was killed, who was murdered, went to the very tribe who murdered her husband and served them. You see, this was a woman who said, hey, I don't, I don't know what, what this is, but, but I'm going to go to them and, and, and it might hurt me and I might hurt from this, but I'm going to forgive them because God has a plan. He has a greater plan than, than who I am. He's bigger than who I am. And she went back to that very people and began to win their heart. Why? Because she never grew bitter toward them. She said, God has a plan. God has a plan, and I'm going to follow after him. Listen, there's a way that you can tell whether you have taken your proper place before God or not. When it comes to forgiveness, here it is. Do you grumble about your circumstances or about the people you have mistreated you? If we're continually complaining and bickering and grumbling over the circumstances that we find ourselves in or over the people that who, have, who have hurt us, then we have not taken our proper place before God. We haven't done it. Why? Because God is sovereign in all of His goodness. We've got to deal with our attitude before God or, 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 or listen, we'll live a bitter life. We'll live a life that is bitter toward that person who hurt us Listen, we'll live our life as an unforgiving person and we must come to a place where we can say that person, they might have meant it for evil, but God is going to work it out for my good. Take your proper place before God when it comes to forgiveness. Because if we don't, we will, be, we will grow bitter. And listen, living a life of bitterness is not a way for a Christian to live. Are you with me this morning? I don't want to live a life of bitterness. I want to live a life of joy because of my Savior. Amen? A life of peace. First of all, listen, if we're going to not become bitter in our life, if we're going to forgive, we have to take our proper place before God. But number two, we have to take the proper attitude toward the offender. You see, our attitude is often revealed in our reaction. Amen? Our attitude is often revealed in our reaction. And Joseph's attitude reflects three different things that we need to express if we want to forgive others. Number one, to forgive others, we must be humble. You see, when somebody wrongs you, it's very easy to become proud. Amen? It's very easy for us to become proud. We start thinking, oh, I am so much better than that person. I would never do to, to, I would never do to them what they did to me. Joseph here comes across with a humble 
Spirit. He puts himself on their level under God and he lets them know that they are forgiven. He shows us how to express true humility and forgiving those who have offended us. Number one, listen, you don't use your power to make the other person pay for what they did. You don't use your power to make the other person pay for what they did. Oh, I have the power of his wife. I'm going to make them pay. I have the power of their husband. I'm going to make them pay. Listen, look at verse number 18. The Bible says this, and his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? Joseph could have made his brothers pay dearly for what they've done. He had the authority. He had the power. He could have enslaved them. He could have imprisoned them. He could have even killed them. But Joseph reassures his brother with the words, fear not. You see, the real test of forgiveness is is when we, we have the power to make the other person pay, but we choose not to use it. Amen? Listen, do not use your power to make the other person pay. Number two, don't keep score. Don't keep score. Listen, these these individuals come to Joseph and Joseph doesn't say, oh, well, let me pull out my scorecard here. You did this, you did that, you threw me in a pit, you took my favorite clothing garment, you lied about my death, Here's my scorecard, now now pay up. He could have very easily used that as leverage, as, as, as fuel to get back to that individual. But understand, there are Christians today who carry scorecards. We carry these scorecards within our homes and, and when our, our wife does this or our husband does this, we mark it down and we hold it against them. That never works. You'll have a bitter marriage. You'll have a bitter home. We have it in our churches. We, we take our, our scorecards out in our churches. Oh, did you see what they, they said that? Shouldn't have done that to me. You don't know who you're do, dealing with. We take these scorecards. They did, they did me wrong. They, they said this about me. They lied about me. Let me mark it down so I can use it in the future. Joseph says, no, it's it's not about keeping score. Listen, church, we need to throw away the scorecard. We need to forgive and forget and give it to God. Make a deliberate decision to put the incident behind and not to bring it up for ammunition again. Listen, I'm thankful for a wife who forgives. I'm thankful for a wife who forgives. I've done things to hurt my wife. I've done things, I've said things that I shouldn't have said to my wife, but she doesn't hold that against me. And I thank God for that. And I should do the same. We should do that to our spouse. Why? Because the Bible says to forgive us. Aren't you thankful that Jesus doesn't keep a scorecard? Oh, Tyler, he he did that. No more blessings for him until he takes care of that issue. Listen, Jesus doesn't keep score with his children. He doesn't keep this tally of all the wrong that we have done and hold it 
against us. Listen, we have to forgive and allow God to take care of the offender. Why? Because if we don't, it will ruin our homes. Because if we don't, it will ruin our families. Because if we don't, it will ruin our churches this morning. Not only that, but we can't remind the offender of how we were right and he was wrong or they were wrong. I want you to notice this. Look at verse number 18 again. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face and they said, behold, we be thy servants. I'm sure when they did this, a little light bulb went off in Joseph's head. What was it? His dream. Right? His dream. One day, his brothers, his family were going to come and kneel by him. And Joseph could have very easily said, I told you so. I had those dreams many years ago that one day this would happen and you would be sitting at my feet. I told you you were wrong and I was right. Could have easily said that. But Joseph says, fear not. Am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? Listen, if you have a humble attitude toward those who wronged you, don't bring up the past as ammunition. Amen? Don't bring up the past as ammunition to remind them how you were right and they were wrong. Instead, we have to forgive and give it to God. It takes humility. It takes humility to take the proper attitude toward the offender. But not only that, we must speak the truth in love. We must speak the truth in love. Look at verse number 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requit us of all the evil, uh, us all the evil which we did unto him. Verse number 17. So shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren in their sin. For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Verse number 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You notice here that Joseph still had to speak the truth in love. Joseph had to let the offenders know that he was hurt. Joseph said here in verse number 20, he says, you meant it unto evil. What you did to me was wrong and it hurt me. He said it in truth. And if for true forgiveness to happen, the offended needs to come to the offender and, and speak the truth in love. This hurts, but I forgive you. What you did to me, it might, you might have done it to mean evil, but God meant it unto good and I forgive you for it. Speaking the truth in love. True forgiveness doesn't deny the offense. True forgiveness does not cover as it did not hurt because things hurt us, but neither is it rubbing it in. True forgiveness is not rubbing it in. Listen, for healing to take place, the offended person needs to admit his guilt and know that you have hurt him. But then number three, and lastly, to forgive others, we must actively care. Look at verse number 21. Verse number 21. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them 
and spake kindly unto them. You see, Joseph's words were not cheap, were they? Joseph didn't just talk a big game of forgiveness. No, he acted upon that forgiveness and he gave and blessed them and their children, nourished them, took care of them. Joseph could have very easily said, I forgive you guys, now get out of my life. I don't want to see you again. Go back to where you are and, and stay away from here. But instead, he provided for them personally. He acted upon his words. His words of forgiveness proved themselves in his deeds. Listen, words are nothing if they're not backed up by action. Amen? We can say that we forgive our spouse. We can say that we forgave our friend in church. We can say that we forgave someone in the family, but if we continually bring it up and we continually keep our scorecards, then we have truly not forgiven. Forgiveness is backed up by action. Listen, if we forgive someone but could care less what happens to them after that, we really haven't forgiven. God says, listen, forgive one another as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. And if you're thankful for the forgiveness of God in your life, because only you know how, how sinful that we can be, and we know that we have truly been forgiven of all our sin. Our sin has been cast as far as the east is from the west. It's been cast into the depths of the ocean. That is what God did with our sin. He forgave us and, and completely wiped our slate clean. And, and God tells us to forgive others as He has forgiven us. Church, listen. Bitterness will hold you in bondage. Bitterness will hold you in bondage. And it hinders God's blessing through you and from you. It will cripple their marriage. It will cripple the church. Bitterness is bad. Forgiveness frees us to experience God's abundant grace. Forgiveness allows us to, to channel that grace to those who have wronged us. You know, here's a wonderful truth that God has never put us through anything that he was not willing to go through. Amen? He came to seek and to save that which was lost, but he was rejected and murdered. He was hurt greater than anyone, anyone in this room today. And yet he still forgives. Listen, you may never, never in this life understand why you had that wrong treatment in your life. But understand today that Jesus understands. He has been through it. He knows what it is like. And understand, we must learn to submit to His sovereign goodness when we have been wrong. Learn to submit to His sovereign goodness and have an attitude of humility. Have an attitude that is honest in love and caring for those who have offended us. And understand, we will grow together because of it. Forgiveness builds strong homes. Forgiveness builds strong communities. Church, don't become bitter. 
but get better. Amen? And there's no greater thing. Listen, it's easy. It's easier for us to do it because we know how much we have been forgiven. When Paul says, live lives worthy of the gospel, you know, that's part of it. To live a life of forgiveness. Live a life that is forgiving one another, even those who are closest to us. Because if we don't, we will find ourselves in the bondage of bitterness. Don't get bitter, get better. With every head down, every eye down. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.